with Welcome to the Davis McGrath LLC IP webinar series for May 1st, 2013. Uh, today's topic is using the trademark clearinghouse with the new GTLDs. Um, we will be going for about 30 minutes. Uh, the recording and slides will be shown on the address on your screen, which is blog.davismcgrath.com forward slash webinars, uh, where you can also sign up for a webinar mailing list. Uh, for those of you who need Illinois MCLE credit, if you haven't already done so, please send your name and ARDC number to me, um, and uh, we will certainly endeavor to get you credit. Uh, for those of you um, who are watching the recording, you can send me your name and ARDC number and how you viewed the webinar, and um, we'll endeavor to get you credit as well. Uh, so today we're going to cover uh, just briefly just what is a top-level domain, uh, where are we in the process with these new domains that are coming out. We're going to talk about the trademark clearinghouse and some steps and uh, considerations um, that are uh, people should consider uh, as to uh, how to adopt and how to proceed to go forward with it. Um, our prior webinar on this topic was back in July, uh, and the address is uh, shown on your screen to view the recording. And um, just to briefly summarize, though, um, top-level domains uh, in the past have been strings like .com, .net, and .org. Uh, those are the three big ones, um, as well as lots of country codes that are out there. Um, in the last uh, year and a half, uh, there's been a lot of uh, ramping up of uh, new top-level domains um, that it's quite simply with anything at just to the right of the dot. Um, and a lot of companies and uh, some speculators have come in and uh, filed applications uh, with ICANN to uh, become uh, registries of, of these new top-level domains. Um, there were over 1,930 applications for new top-level domains. Uh, there are 230 of them with more than one applicant. Um, and so there's 751 applications for these, uh, you know, contested strings. We'll have to see how those played out as to uh, whether or not any of these are going to come out. Um, there are 84 what are called community applications, which are uh, strings uh, designed to show membership in a community, such as a, a geographic or uh, or like a um, like a city, or um, uh, possibly even um, membership of an affiliation, uh, part of a group. Um, so some of the the ones that are currently in, in major contention, uh, there are 13 people that applied for .app. 11 for .home, 11 for .inc, 9 for .blog, 9 for .llc. Um, so you might see that there's a, a lot of speculation here, and uh, we'll have to see which one of these pans out uh, in terms of, of actually uh, becoming, uh, you know, an actual top-level domain. Um, there's also some internationalized domains that are coming online. Um, and these are 116 of them currently in, in, being applied for, uh, which are make up of non-English characters. For example, uh, the string that's shown on your screen is Japanese for book. In Amazon, uh, the European Office of Amazon has applied for uh, that, it's, and um, they'll certainly endeavor to you know, monopolize that for their books in Japan. Um, but briefly. Um, 
the Trademark Clearinghouse is an organization that's been set up. It's, it's independent of ICANN. Uh, it's a separate entity. They farmed it out uh, to, you know, be uh, run independently. And um, it, um, what it does is it monitors and it holds all of the trademark information that rights holders may have. Um, uh, and works with the companies that are bringing these new top-level domains online to protect uh, trademark interests in in these new top-level domains. So um, let's say, for example, um, .llc is uh, does actually come online, and uh, and so a company wants to register a domain in that. So they want, uh, you know, for example. Um, it could be example.llc, and um, you know if somebody has a trademark in that, um, in their their company name or or some other major product, what they would want to do is register that uh, with the trademark clearinghouse, and um, and uh, as we'll talk about in a little bit more detail, as as these new top level domains come online, uh, there are processes that go through to to help protect. Uh, you know these trademarks in, in these new top-level domains, and try to. It won't eliminate, but it certainly will. Will try to cut down on the the potential for cyber squatters uh, coming in to register uh, domains. Um, and since there are potentially thousands of these top-level domains coming online close to the same time, um, you know the trademark clearinghouse provides a, a sort of a more uh, focused way to. Um, uh, analyze you know what's coming online and uh, you know provide options to, for for people so that's briefly what the trademark clearinghouse is um, why should companies use the clearinghouse um, well it provides a significant opportunity for brand protection it provides an opportunity for early registration of, of matching domains uh, in each of these top-level domains um, and it also provides notice of applications that are made uh, by uh, third parties, um, you know, as part of these, you know, the application process. Um, and we'll go through that in a little bit more detail as to uh, just exactly how that works. Um, and what does it do? As we've mentioned, it serves as the central registry of, of trademark information. Um, it's a requirement for these new top-level domains to work with the clearinghouse. And as, as these new top-level domains are introduced, they're required to uh, check against the clearinghouse records at uh, two specific points in the application process. Um, and then um, they're required to um, provide notice to trademark holders of new domains and, you know, and also allow for early registration of, of these domains. Uh, the next question is, what won't the clearinghouse do? And what it will not do is it will not block applications. Um, what it, uh, it will go into a little more detail, it, it provides uh, an applicant of notice of, of trademark rights, but it will not block uh, the actual registration. Um, and it's also unclear uh, what will happen after the end of the second period, which is called the, uh, um, you know, the, the trademark uh, claims period, and uh, we'll have to see uh, what happens at the end of it. It's supposed to be last at least 60 days after the domain goes online, 
you read different things, it, it appears that, you know, there are at least certain domains where it's going to be more in per perpetuity. You know, these, these notifications are going to come in regardless, you know, how long the, uh, the, the thing is running. But uh, we'll have to see how that plays out. Um, so how do you use the clearinghouse? You have to uh, register your marks with them, obviously. Uh, but there's two ways to do it. One is for a company to register its own marks, uh, you know, provide its own information. And there's a set price uh, for, for it to uh, applications that, that it does. Uh, the only limitation there is um, uh, if they're paying by a credit card, I think that you can file up to 10 applications at any one point, And then you have to... Um, uh, if you're going to file more, you have to, you know, submit t t at least, you know, up, up to 10 more in a, in a separate target hard transaction. Uh, so that's one option is registering your own. The second is to go with an agent. And um, uh, there are lots of law firms and um, uh, other companies that have already signed up to become agents. Uh, for example, our firm is looking into becoming an agent. Um, and what an agent does is they can register trademarks on behalf of, uh, their clients and uh, uh, any other third parties and uh, provide the, the trademark information you know that's needed to um, to register there um, if you just want to be part of the trademark claims period uh, you don't have to provide proof of use of your mark but if you wanted to be eligible for one of the what's called the sunrise registration these early domain registration uh, you have to provide use of your mark uh, in this proof, it's uh, similar to how the U.S. Trademark Office works. You know, we have to provide use of, of your trademark between the fifth and the sixth years, and then the tenth anniversary of each uh, of your registration. Um, you, um, you know, have to provide proof of in, in at least one class of, um, of of your of your services or goods um, to there, and. Um, it's uh, it seems to be a fairly straightforward process, but it, it like I said, it it uh, you know, it's got its own vagaries there. So uh, we'll see how that works. Um, what trademarks can be registered? There's three types of things that you can register there. It's got it either be a registered trademark in a country or a jurisdiction, such as the European Union. Um, the second category is a mark protected by the statute or treaty. Um, such as uh, the, uh, you know, like for example, in the United States, uh, the Olympic symbols are protected by a statute or treaty, um, and then the uh, court-validated trademarks. This would be uh, ones in which you have a, a particular um, court order saying that you have, uh, you know, trademark rights in a particular jurisdiction. And um, so those are the three. Um, uh, what, what, what can't be registered is an application. Uh, you can't uh, register common law rights. You can't register state registrations. It's got to be a federal, uh, if it's going to work for United States registration, uh, but it's got to have national effect. Um, the next concept, uh, which should be discussed, is um, just what exactly uh, Will will be put into uh, the system for systems to be checked against, um, and this is important, especially for design marks that incorporated some words, or for uh, word marks in which there's multiple ways that, um, like for example, a longer word, especially one with spaces, uh, might be uh, 
transposed into a string uh, to be checked against. And uh, the concept here is called labels. And uh, a label is a string uh, that uh, the trademark has been converted into uh, to be uh, compared against these new applications. Uh, when you file a, a registration with the uh, trademark clearinghouse, you can you, you get up to ten uh, variations. You know, assuming you're you know, you you need it, you can have up to ten. Um, and if you need more, uh, they'll just just start charging you a few extra dollars per. Uh, per ex extra label that you need, uh, if there's some particular reason you need it uh, for a, a um, just due to the vagaries of, of your mark. For uh, here's an example. Um, uh, it's given in the the materials for for the, the clearinghouse, so I thought this was a good one. Um, if the U.S. trademark of the words example and test with an ampersand. Uh, and so three potential labels could come out of this. One is example test, which is uh, the words together. Um, there could be uh, example dash test, and then example and test uh, with the word and spelled out. And so those are all acceptable labels that could come from that one registration. So turning into the actual operation of the uh, clearinghouse, uh, the first is uh, the first period that comes up is the sunrise period, which is after the domain first comes online. Uh, they're going to provide a period for the people who have registered their marks with the uh, clearinghouse and provided use of the mark. Uh, this at least a 30-day window for rights holders to claim domains. Um, you won't be able to register them directly through. Uh, the clearinghouse, but what you can do then is if, if you've got a um, an account with uh, with another registry, um, you know, such as a, like a GoDaddy or a Network Solutions, um, you can register that and verify your rights through the clearinghouse, and you know they'll provide you uh, with the ability to register the domain during that initial period. Um, they can't give pricings as to what these Sunrise registrations are going to cost. Um, a lot of it will depend on the business model of each new domain. Um, uh, essentially, they can each set their own prices. So we'll have to see how that pans out. But if there's any particular, um, you know, domain that you want to register that way, uh, that's that's the period. There's an, like I said, an, at the very least, an initial 30-day period for rights holders to claim domains during the sunrise period, and um, uh, we shall have to see how that. Uh, how that goes. Um, essentially, uh, there will be a wave of wave after wave of these coming online, and uh, the clearinghouse will provide notification of you know what's coming out, and uh, you know whether or not you decide to take advantage of Sunrise eligibility is completely up to you for each each domain. And the next uh, period, is, as I've mentioned before, is called the trademark claims period. Um, it's supposed to be at least the first 60 days after the sunrise period and potentially for longer. Um, if an application matches a label registered with the trademark clearinghouse, it doesn't block it, as I mentioned, but instead the applicant receives a warning that, uh, that their string that they're trying to register matches a registration in the, in the trademark clearinghouse. And then if the applicant persists with the application, 
uh, and actually goes forward with the registration, the rights holder is advised uh, so uh, they can begin proceedings if necessary to recover the domain from uh, whoever's tried to apply for it. Uh, if they want to bring a UDRP or you know some other proceeding, um, you know this would be how they would start to do so. Um, and again, this system does not block registrations. It it, it merely provides a warning uh, to the applicant. So it's not perfect, but um, you know with uh, you know potentially thousands of domains out there, um, it, I, I think it's a rather rather sensible approach. Uh, for you know, providing some protection to the trademark rights holder, who can then just determine. Uh, let's say, for example, you've got a registration, um, you know, for uh, financial services, and so you know, you, you so, so certainly would be um, worried if somebody comes up with you know something dot bank, you know, with with your incorporates your trademark, but um, you know, if somebody's uh, trying to register a matching string in um, you know one of the community groups you know talking about uh, you know like somebody who lives in in Lisbon uh, so so dot Lisbon uh, would be you know may or may not be problematic probably would depend on who it is that was trying to register and you know what exactly your trademark is and so a lot of you know thought and process would go into that determination and so uh, at the very least you know they provide a warning and if the applicant persists uh, then they leave it up to the trademark rights holder to decide whether or not to take action against each application as they come up. But uh, like with potentially thousands of uh, domains coming online, uh, you know, it's a fairly sensible approach uh, given, you know, the scope of it. But again, it's, it's not perfect and it's certainly not as broad, I think, as, as what the trademark rights holders were originally uh, hoping that would occur when they, when they set the system up. Uh, so how much would this cost? Um, there's varied pricing structure. Uh, a lot of it will depend on how you go. If you um, if you go register them by yourself, that's the most uh, uh, expensive option. If you go through an agent, um, the agents get some incentives for registering multiple domains. Uh, the more domains that they register, uh, you know, the lower prices that they charge. Um, at its most expensive, a one-year registration costs $150 per mark. Uh, three years costs $435, and a five-year registration costs $725. Um, and it's also possible that agents will, you know, charge fees in addition to these, you know, charges that are charged by the clearinghouse, you know, for their uh, services and and um, and interfacing with, between you and and the in um, uh, the clearinghouse. Uh, but that's that's roughly what what the systems will will cost, uh, you know, at the at the at that particular level. Um, in terms of strategy, uh, I, I certainly would recommend that uh, uh, people register their core marks and uh, those you want sunrise registrations for with the trademark clearinghouse. Um, it, it's important, I think, for for people to sit down and consider um, what impact these new top-level domains will have on your, your clearance, monitoring, and business plans. Um, you know, like if you're uh, going to be, you know, introducing a new brand, uh, you can certainly look to see if, you know, like the, the .com, .net, .org are available, um, but you can also look into now potentially thousands of other top-level domains, 
and see if any of them are a closer fit for, for what you're, you're trying to do. Um, for monitoring, if you've got a, uh, a portfolio that, that you are trying to protect, uh, it certainly you know, raises the stakes uh, for, um, for protection there. And I think uh, registering with the clearinghouse is a sensible way uh, to get a feel for, for what's out there. Um, and then hopefully the, the trademark claims period is, is indeed as broad as it appears to be, you know, that uh, it will continue beyond merely that 60 days of, of first, uh, you know, first registration, which you don't want is uh, people who intend to cyber squat just waiting out the first 60 days of registration and then uh, going on. Um, in actuality, what you want is, um, uh, you know, these people to, um, you know, keep the system in place so, you know, you can be notified of people later on as well. Um, but we'll, we'll have to see how that goes. And especially with multi-year registrations, uh, I, I certainly think that's a, a good way to go for, uh, for people to register their core brands. Um, you um, have to revalidate your, your trademark rights with the clearinghouse, like provide proof of use. Uh, at, um, at at each renewal period, uh, and then if your your rights register uh, you know should expire, you know you'd have to revalidate them as well. So like if your registration is up for renewal during that that period that you're registered with the clearinghouse, you, know, you might have to prove use again. Um, you know at the same time you prove use with the with the you know United States Patent and Trademark Office, um, but um, uh, it's. Uh, uh, you know, a small price to pay to um, uh, keep, uh, you know, alert with potentially thousands of, of these domains. Uh, we know that there's been, as I said earlier, 1,930 applications in this initial period. Once they've processed them through, ICANN intends to start a second and possibly even a third round of new domains uh, and, you know, do this on a semi-regular basis. You know, they're just going to keep launching new domains and, and introducing them as as they see fit, and um, uh, so um, I, I don't think they're they're going to meet their initial you know thought that they you know do it every two years or so because of the delays they've already had in this process. It's certainly gotten on months longer uh, than than they originally intended. Um, you know when they they first came up with the system, um, but uh, uh, it is. Um, I think it's inevitable that, that more of these domains are going to be coming online. And so even though the trademark clearinghouse is not perfect uh, from the trademark holder's perspective in terms of providing absolute protection for your trademarks, I think it does balance the interests uh, enough that, uh, that I think, uh, the, you know, the benefits of registration certainly outweigh, you know, any of these, um, you know, perceived um, you know problems with with not being as broad as as uh, what the trademark holders would normally like. Um, so this is probably a good point uh, to see if uh, anybody has any questions. Um, uh, I should mention that the, there are certain places in which you can find information. Uh, I can page on the new GTLDs is available at that address, newgtlds.icann.org slash en. Um, at there, they have a list of their current applications 
um, that are currently pending and, and where, where they stand in the application process. Um, you know, the objection periods are starting to, to begin, and so we'll have to see how, how many of them, you know, pan out, um, you know, get past the objections, and then uh, they're going to go through a dispute resolution phase in which, um, like, you know, these competing applicants for, uh, you know, the, the same domain uh, will sort of fight it out to see, you know, who has the right uh, to actually own, you know, this top-level domain. So we'll have to see how, how, you know, how this pans out. So that's a good page to, to keep in mind if you, if you want to uh, see how uh, things are going. And uh, the trademark clearinghouse itself is at uh, trademark-clearinghouse.com. Um, you know, if you're interested in, in checking out the rules there in a little more detail. Uh, they've got a frequently asked questions page, uh, which they, they do their best to try to uh, to answer the typical questions that come up, um, especially for someone who is, uh, uh, you know, considering uh, registering their marks. Um, and as I mentioned before, our, our firm is certainly looking into becoming an agent uh, if we get enough interest uh, from uh, clients and and other other parties, you know, to uh, to have us serve as, as an agent in this process, we'll, we'll certainly uh, consider doing that. And if, you know, all else being equal, we'll you know find a service provider, you know, to provide these services if we decide not to do them ourselves. So um, the uh, software provides a an opportunity for you to ask questions, to raise your hand and ask questions. Um, so if you're watching the live webinar, please you know feel free to raise your hand at this point and uh, and ask any questions that that you may have. Um, uh, for those of you who are watching the recording, uh, you can send me your uh, questions to uh, the email address or or call me at the phone number below, and uh, I'll endeavor to you know answer the questions uh, that that you have. So I'll pause for a second and see if anybody has any questions. Well, I am not seeing any hands raised, uh, so I'd like to thank everybody for attending. Um, the recording will be posted on the address on your screen, which is blog.davisonregrath.com forward slash webinars. Um, and again, uh, for those of you who need Illinois MCLE credit, uh, for those uh, watching the live webinar, I believe you uh, provide, already provided your name and ARDC number to me through the web webinar process. Uh, for those watching uh, the recording, um, you know, please send me your name, ARDC number, and how you viewed the recording at the address below. So I'd like to thank everybody for attending, and uh, have a great day.